In the Planet podcast, we talk with experts about the challenges for our planet. Climate change is one of them, and last week we had at least three podcasts about the latest report of the IPCC, the international, the intergovernmental panel on climate change. And there's of course a lo lot more. Uh, we we also talk about the loss of nature. We talk about biodiversity. We talk about pollution. We've had several talks with plastic experts about plastic pollution in our oceans and we often talk about governance because all of these things can only be solved if there is good governance um, and raising awareness it, what we do in many of these shows is just just one of the the parts that we're wor working on but another thing that we want to raise attention for is to highlight the solutions and that is what today is about. I'm very happy that Bas Behrens, a fellow Dutchman, found the time to join us today since he and the Off-Grid Box team uh, provide an amazing example of how you can provide several solutions with just one initiative. So welcome Bas. Thanks Alex, thanks for having me on your show. It's great to have you in the show. It's great to have two guys with a Dutch accent talking to each other. <laughs> I, I hope that our listeners can can bear all that. So uh, it's it's great to have you here. So um, just just to start with off grid box, can you explain in like one minute for the people that haven't seen the video that I posted on on Twitter, which I think is 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 in just two minutes uh, what it is. But could you explain in one or two minutes uh, what uh, off grid box is? What is the project about? Sure. So Off-Grid Box's mission is really to bring renewable energy and clean water to anywhere, communities anywhere in the world. And uh, we do this with the Off-Grid Box, uh, and that's basically uh, a container, six foot by six foot by six foot, with solar panels on the top and uh, a water purification system inside. And this um, this this box is, is modular, you can add other things to it like uh, a reverse osmosis system for desalination if uh, salt water is the problem uh, or a charging station for battery packs or it can power a, a health center or a school or some productive use equipment like a welding machine so entrepreneurs can can, can use the energy that we uh, provide and the idea is really you know to provide Households in rural areas, in 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 off-the-grid communities, with access to energy and access to clean water. I think it's a fascinating project. For anybody that saw this this two-minute video, it's just uh, this looks like the solution for uh, small rural villages that need the basic infrastructure that all of our listeners are so used to. That you have clean water, that you have. Electricity. Did you also have Wi-Fi? I saw that that was also one of the, yeah, uh, the games exactly. that you can get out of this. Yeah, so we use um, an existing 3G uh, or 4G um, uh, uh, connection to, um, and then through a Wi-Fi uh, hotspot, we can provide this signal also to, uh, to our customers um, who live around the box. Of course... It, it's not like uh, Starlink where it's like satellite uh, Wi-Fi or that kind of thing. I mean, we do we do use, we do use existing infrastructure for that purpose. So uh, so people in that community can also use this. 
Yeah, yeah, that is that is amazing. And another thing I saw that I also learned from the video, but that I also knew from a project that I've been involved in in the past in another startup, which was also about providing electricity in uh, in rural villages, but in a completely different way, with tiny windmills, where they were yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. designed to be about as big as, let's say, the ventilator on your desk, just giving mm -hmm. a tiny bit of energy, which is just enough to charge uh, a double A AA battery, which is then enough at the end of the day to charge a phone. And charging phones is so important because uh, a country like Rwanda has just skipped a whole phase that we went through. So they're doing already their banking on their on their iPhones, even mm -hmm. though sometimes there's not enough mm -hmm. electricity, which is difficult to to see from from a Dutch uh, perspective. So exactly. I think this yeah. is an amazing initiative. So so where did this start? I mean, what is the? How do you? It's just some people sitting behind a design table starting to, <laughs> to 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 do this, or or was somebody inspired by something this whole? How did this? This come about right so the the founders of the company are are two italians called emiliano cecchini and davide bonsignore and they are the ones who were involved in uh, lots of different uh, energy and and clean water related projects in in different parts in the world including the philippines uh, south africa madagascar and each time they found that you know, uh, designing and then implementing a project and bringing in all the components um, to the, the, the location for installation and then putting it all together was a very time-consuming effort. And they basically were thinking, how can we make this more efficient? Can we not pre-assemble all of this and put it in a sturdy um, container so it can also withstand hurricanes for example or flooding and that kind of thing so basically they 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 turned a three-week project into a three-hour solution uh, the box is pre-assembled in Tuscany in Italy then shipped to anywhere in the world and then installing it only takes three or four hours because you just have to put the solar panels on on the top of the container and switch it on and it works so um uh, that's where it started with a project in South Africa for, for some rural schools. And then we had, um, uh, we ha we, they took part in, a, in an accelerator in Boston, in Techstars, uh, and founded a new company in the US at that time um, and called it Off Grid Box after the product that they designed. And then we had our first pilot in Rwanda, as you pointed out as well. So East Africa is really the focus of our efforts uh, at the moment. We started with just 20 families, charging power banks, cleaning water, um, trying to set up a business model. Because, of course, this kind of technology only works if there is a business model related to it. Um, and what we try to do is to at least cover the operations and maintenance that to be uh, carried out every day. Um, you know, the box itself is quite an expensive piece of equipment, of course. It's, it's not rocket science as such, but you know, you have to source all these components and they have to be high quality uh, because you don't want something to break down in a, in a few years. Um, and then when you start operating, you start selling the, the, the water to your clients, you start selling the, the power bank recharging services, or maybe you sell the electricity to, uh, to entrepreneurs. And those revenues 
in our setup cover the 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 cost of um of two ladies that we employ we always try to hire uh, women from the community that we serve we train them uh, we teach them bookkeeping skills but also main technical maintenance skills and they we call them our box keepers and they're the ones who, who do the everyday management of, of of this box but of course they need to earn a salary so um, so the revenues from selling these services covers their salary, but also some spare parts that need to be uh, changed every now and then. And um, yeah, that's how we operate. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, I, I love this project. And, and that's why I invited you to talk about it, because <laughs> I, I read about it and I thought like, wow, this, this is... This is a solution, uh, especially since I was involved with this, this tiny windmill project that failed basically on technical reasons, because it was just too complicated to to get enough electricity out of it. So in, in that case, it, the, the way it works that if a windmill is twice as big, it produces four times as much energy. So if you go the other way around, the smaller you make it, the, just the, right, the, the, right. the smaller, the really ridiculous amount of energy you get out of it. That's why windmills get bigger and bigger. And this was trying to work the other way. So this, well, this one it's failed. In, it's <laughs> interesting because we actually had sm the, exactly those small windmills uh, as part of our first prototype. Uh, so we had solar panels, we even had solar water heating, so you could take a hot shower, and we had two windmills um, on top of the box. But yeah. it was getting too complicated, too expensive, and we started to kind of, you know, focus on what was really the most important part, and that's the, the you know, the solar array to uh, generate the electricity and the water purification through microfiltration. Um, and you're right, um, you know, the, the, the added value of those windmills, we just, you know, it, it wasn't so great. So we did, so we decided to skip it. But the fact that we, in a, because very often, you know, like you pointed out, people want to have electricity for basic things, tier one electricity, as they call it, Light, household lighting, phone charging, maybe, you know, charging a radio so you can listen to the radio. Those are the, 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 the basic essential things that people need to have access to. And one of the ways to do it is to through having a solar home system, as they call it, a little solar panel on, on your roof. Um, um, nothing compared to the big uh, panels that, that maybe in Europe or, or uh, North America people would have on their roof. It's just a very small one, enough for, to, to light um, a bulb, basically. But we do it differently. We, we have a larger solar array to have a more efficient generation of electricity and then through power banks that people can take home with them with USB ports in which they can plug in uh, LED lights or their phones. Um, we, we, they can, it's like a walking grid, as we say. They take home the power bank and they drop it off again for recharging uh, if it's empty or they swap it for another one. Uh, that is full. So that's that's basically how we designed it. Um, I'm not saying it's always easy. You know, we we work with with uh, people who don't have a lot of uh, resources. Um, they, they even if they have money, they don't want to splash out. So there's a lot of things that we that we learned and w that didn't go the way we expected. To give you an example, in Rwanda, we we based ourselves on on a World Bank study that stated that the average 
consumption by a Rwandan household on electricity is something like 43 cents to the dollar per day. You may think that's very little, but it's, it's in fact quite a lot. So if you base your business model on this assumption, uh, then, you know, there is, there is money to be made, basically, uh, if you have enough customers. So we thought that these customers would come to our box every day, charge a power bank, take it home again, five, six days a week, 250 people, great business model. But of course, this is an average number. <laughs> we were working in rural areas where people were at the base of the pyramid and you know, not the, the urban areas where people had much um, higher expenses. So. They didn't come every day, they came maybe once or twice a week. They didn't switch on their lights for three or four hours or the three lights that they had, uh, all of them at the same time to have a nicely lit house at, at night. They would switch, switch on the light for maybe one hour during dinner and then switch it off again to save money. So good for them, not good for business. So all these lessons we had to learn during that, that process since we started in, in 2017 in Rwanda. It's been, a, it's been a, an interesting experience and we're still learning every day. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating journey that, that you're making. And um, I wonder, what, are, what is the societal impact? Because I, I can imagine, for instance, that uh, kids going to school can now so so for those people that have never lived in the tropics there it's like you have 12 hours of light and then the sun goes down and then within 50 minutes it's just pitch dark which is mm -hmm. quite different than if you live on, on more northern or southern latitudes like most of the listeners are doing so when it's just pitch dark at six o'clock in the evening then kids can no longer do homework but if you can light just one led bulb uh, they can they can do homework so that has makes makes a complete different situation in 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 in, in uh, for for the future of these kids i mean i can imagine that that is one of the the things and yeah and maybe yeah. there's a health element as well i can imagine if you don't exactly. burn a light bulb uh yeah is, is that is that also an aspect yeah so i mean we like to think that we contribute to the achievement of 10 different sdgs as they're called the social the, the sustainable development goals um of course you know, SDG 6, access to clean water, SDG 7, access to energy, those are the obvious ones. But if you look at the health aspects of drinking clean water, they're obvious. I mean, the reduction in waterborne diseases through yeah. drinking clean water instead of just from the, the river or some, some contaminated well are, are you know, the, I think that everybody can understand that. But like you mentioned, um, education kids being able to do homework after after um, after dark um, of course um, the reduction in co2 emissions from not using uh, kerosene lights or not burning uh, biofuels to to boil water to make it safe for drinking or replacing in some cases diesel generators um, uh, with our box um, and then the fact that we like I like I mentioned, we 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 always hire women from the community and we train them. So there's definitely also a, a gender equality aspect, and we try to provide jobs related to the availability of energy. You know, entrepreneurs when they don't have electricity, of course, there's there's 
their, their workshops will be much more limited in scope. So there's also that, that part, the Wi-Fi adds to connectivity that people will then have. They can, they can check things on the internet, they can, can use WhatsApp to communicate, they can maybe look up prices of products that they, or, that they produce and want to put in the market. So yeah, many, many different um, uh, areas of impact uh, that we're having and a new a new thing that we're very, uh, very interested in, of course, to contribute to is this whole um, climate related issue of uh, deforestation and um, uh, desertification. When we are able to pump up water using solar energy, and that is what we're doing, and then use that for irrigation, for agroforestry projects, uh, like we're doing in Somalia right now with IFAT, for example, um, and you know, trying to to basically re-green areas that have uh, uh, succumbed to to desertification. That would be an amazing uh, effect of our technology or impact of, of what we can do. So we're very very keen to to work with organizations that have that uh, as their mission. Yeah, that's wonderful. By the way, could you hold your microphone a little bit away from your collar because it's, uh, I'm it's sorry. when it scratches, you hear that very loud. You don't <laughs> hear it, but we do. And, um, and uh, what I also wonder was, do we do anything with refugee camps? Because that seems to be, let's say, after a hurricane hit uh, Haiti or something, uh, mm -hmm. Haiti, I should say, is, is, uh, this seems to be the first thing that people need. They need clean yeah. water and they need a little bit of basic electri electricity. It's, it seems yeah. to be something for UNHCR, I would say. Exactly, yeah. No, so I think, well, I can mention two, two things here. After Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, we, we sent four boxes there to... Um, yeah, to to help provide clean water and also basic electricity because I, I think for nine months there was no uh, grid running at all. So our power banks were then helping people to to again to charge their phones and to have some light in their homes, etc. Plus the fact that you know all this um, salty water and and. Um, uh, water from the sewage was contaminating uh, water systems, so so we were also providing clean water. So that was really in a post-disaster setting where we uh, where we could be of help. And the other one is indeed refugees, internally displaced people. We are operating in several refugee camps in Rwanda at the moment, and also in Uganda um, in Nakivali camp, uh, which is not so far from the border with uh, Rwanda. And again, you know, the, it's the same type of services, of course, but even more needed uh, quite often in these, um, in these camps where people are really very vulnerable and don't have access to services. So providing, again, through, through power banks, electricity to households. But also, you know, there is economic activity going on in these places. And if there's access to electricity, that really helps uh, people to, uh, uh, to to earn an income. So indeed, um, that's a that's a, a sector or market or whatever you want to call it that we are definitely um, uh, looking to to grow in. And we're we're working with UNHCR um, in in Rwanda indeed, um, and um, yeah, looking to expand that. Yeah, it's I I find it very brave that you aim for. 
um, selling something to a market where uh, people have so little income because it's much easier to, let's say, design an iPhone and, and sell it to whatever <laughs> Americans in New York or something than to sell a, a very much needed basic service to people that are uh, that are quite poor. So it's it's for your business model, it's it's more risky. But on the other hand, it must be much more uh, rewarding uh, to do. I wonder if you have been in touch with um, the Alliance for Financial Inclusion. This is this is the um, central banks of all the countries from the global south, more than a hundred countries. They are united. I think they work from uh, Kuala Lumpur. Mm -hmm. uh, they're united in uh, providing financial services, uh, so let's say banking, okay. to the, the, the really poorest people. So they can give a loan of $50 of one, right. or $100. I mean, if I would go to a bank and say, can, can you lend me $100, they would, they would laugh at me. It's like, we, we can give you a mortgage if you want to buy a house, but... Not fun. But, but that is much needed. It makes an enormous amount of change. I can imagine yeah. that, yeah, they, they sharing those experience might be interesting. I'm, I'm working with them sometimes. So well, introduce us. Uh, I'd yeah, be I happy will. to talk to them. I, <laughs> I will. I was just in touch with them but, yesterday. That's why why the idea right. came up. Great. But um, yeah, so that's interesting. So if if people uh, listen to this and say, "Wow, this is." Um, this is amazing. I would like to to help. I mean, are there ways that people can mm -hmm. can invest or support you, or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, well, on our website there is a let's say a give button as well. So, if you're interested to to make a, a small donation, we're always happy to uh, to accept that, of course, and we'll use it to for the projects that we're working on, like in Uganda, like the one I mentioned there in the Naki Valley camp. Um, and we're also doing a, a crowdfunding campaign with IFALT and uh, an Italian NGO called CEFA for a project in Somalia. Um, so that is, um, I'm trying to now to think of the name of that platform. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not so, anyway, it'll, it will come back to me. Um, so yeah, we're definitely, uh, I mean, we're not a, we're not a, a non-profit, right? So, we're not an NGO, so we are a, a, a company that needs to to uh, to to cover its costs basically, and and hopefully uh, at some stage make make a profit. Um, so you're right in the in the sense that selling services to to very poor people is not the easiest way to do this. So we're actually trying to combine doing that, really targeting those base of the pyramid communities with also selling our technology to the organizations that are targeting these communities, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it's not just business to customer, but also business to businesses to customers. So we would sell our boxes to the United Nations or to NGOs or to maybe you know for corporate social responsibility type projects uh, that that companies want to um implement we did a project with uh, with aquatech for example uh with uh, google also funded one of our boxes um so that's also possible you know because the the hardware the 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 capex of the box is very often covered by a donor or by a grant or by maybe you know an impact investor and because if you want to really 
pay back all the investment through selling services to uh, to poor people that's we have found ourselves that that is very very difficult and if it is if it is possible at all it will take you know probably 20 years so the easier way is of course to team up with partners like the united nations like oxfam um and 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 try and, and, and try and raise some money to uh to cover those initial costs and then the the operational costs can then be covered yeah uh, through the revenues yeah that makes perfectly good sense as uh, as a business model i can understand those choices so so what does one box uh, cost more or less it probably depends on where you put it i suppose yeah so the standard um off-grid box is around twenty five thousand dollars uh, but uh, if you, for example, need to add a reverse osmosis unit for desalination, that will add to the cost. And we also have, um, you know, our standard model is three to four kilowatt peak. Uh, but we also have a double sized uh, version, so that's more expensive. But we've now also recently introduced uh, a new miniaturized version of the off-grid box, <laughs> which is a tenth of the size and also a tenth of the cost. Um, and um, of course, it can't do the same thing, but for an entrepreneur who wants to use it to to purify water and sell that, or for a school that wants to have access to some electricity for lighting and also clean water, or for a health post somewhere in a rural area that doesn't really need a lot of energy, uh, but still enough to to run some equipment, that is a we think is a perfect solution. So that's a new product that we have a lot of um, hope for that that will uh, really take off. Yeah, I can imagine that either individuals or let's say smaller companies that want to do something good, some kind of social yeah. impact investing. That so for about two and a half thousand dollars that you can actually you can help a school but at least the light bulbs are burning or something like that and uh that is that becomes very reasonable amount and of course twenty five thousand is for for the bigger corporations is 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 peanuts whereas for individuals it gets a really serious amount of money exactly yeah no we didn't yeah of course and then um you know we have a team uh like i mentioned in uh, kigali so uh any any uh, of the operations that we do there in um, uh, in East Africa is done from our from our team that we um, and we always you know we we we've had interns <laughs> that was a really nice story actually in Rwanda there's a um, an, or, an initiative called Women in Rwandan Energy which is also uh, funded by uh, the U.S. government and it's basically trying to get female uh, engineers and technicians who have just graduated uh, internships with companies that are active in, in the in the energy hopefully mostly renewable energy field and so we ha- we had some of those um, young women on our team and they helped us to to install these boxes in rural <laughs> communities and of course the first reaction from the the people in those villages was like no these women they, they they can't do that. That's not their job. It's impossible. And then they saw them climb on top of the container and put these solar panels on the rack and and switch every everything on, and it, it worked. And they were just you know it. And to have that kind of impact on a, on a maybe a kind of social change, if you like, 
um, that's also uh, just a great thing uh, to be involved in. Yeah, fascinating. I I just love so much the story of what you are what you are doing here. I get immediately enthusiastic. I always love startup <laughs> projects, and this is this combines you know the entrepreneurship uh, together with working on on a better planet, on a better world, and and making change in in people's lives. And um, I'm briefly looking at uh, the audience. Thanks uh, all for for listening. If you have any questions about uh, the off grid box and uh, how it is used or how you can support it or uh, or how it is working or its history or anything else uh, that you want to talk just uh, use the call in button which is um, on the bottom right of your screen and you can uh, you can ask questions you're most welcome uh, to uh, to do so and um, I'll briefly look at uh, the comments. Oh, I see. Thank you for posting that video. Briefly on that, uh, I would love to see an option in uh, call in that I could actually show like this short video. I mean, this is a perfect mm -hmm. example how I would love to, to, to see use of, of video because then people, while they are listening to your story, can briefly look at that two-minute video and say, ah, right. okay, that's, that's what it's about, especially for people that... Uh, join in later, like Joshua, who just uh, joined in, uh, and then he would in two minutes be um, up to speed on um, on on what we are uh, what we are talking about. So uh, uh, let let's let's take for a moment a bit of a for wider perspective. How how do you see if you, if you look at the, the 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 world's problems? As I said in my introduction, uh, a few things. Oh, let's first go to uh, to Evelyn, who is uh, calling in. Hi, Evelyn. I just take you as an next caller hi there hi good afternoon hi, um good afternoon um i was just wondering I, I i watched a video and it said that there's like it costs 15 cents per day to run and then um so that's not a lot but then they, there was a line of people lining up to like get possibly charge their phones to get water i didn't really that close attention and then how much does that cost or is that up to the individual running the box yeah so in this um let's say pay as you go setup uh, that we have in rwanda uh, we started with let's say a package price for one recharge of a power bank and five liters of water clean water and the price for this was at that time 15 cents so that is what the customer would uh would pay um for for you know for this for this package and then after that we've we found out that some people were more interested in just the water and some were just interested to to charge their power bank so we we introduced options to have different types of uh uh, customer relations, but that fifteen cents is is for that service. Um, okay, and if you, that's for the service. I misunderstood yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to yeah to run to run the box, um, I mean, you would have to look at you know the, the salaries for the for the box keepers, as I mentioned, and uh, some spare parts, and then divide that, you know, by um, by your monthly cost. Okay, I'll need to watch that video again. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your okay. question. Um, and in terms of um, how we can support it, I would appreciate a link or something maybe later on on Twitter or sure. maybe there is one already. 
Thank yeah, you. And, I, and I just remembered the name of the platform. It's called Global Giving. I'm sure everybody knows it. And uh, so look for the project that we're doing in Somalia uh, with uh, CEFA. It's called, it's an Italian NGO, C-E-F-A. And they're using our technology to, and that's a very interesting project actually, because it is really a combination of all the things that Off-Grid Box can do. It is pumping water from a well, it's desalinating that water because it's a little bit saline. It is then you the water is then distributed through a drip irrigation scheme to to uh, to feed water to date uh, palms, and then when the dates are um, harvested, we all the off grid box also powers a date drying machine, so the dates are immediately processed, so they don't go off basically. And it also powers a date packaging machine. So that so it's a finished product, basically, that can then be marketed at a much higher price uh, to, the, to the date farmers that are involved. So, and at the same time, we're also charging power banks and cleaning water for drinking for the community living around this box. So it's really a comprehensive project. So check it out on Global Giving um, and see if you, uh, if you want to make a contribution. Okay, thank you. Sounds very interesting. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And can I just say something, Alex, you mentioned like Dutch um, accents. I think all of us appreciated that you're doing this in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wouldn't have many listeners if we were doing it in Dutch. We're just a very small country. <laughs> I, I know from your tweets, them. Evelyn, that you that you love languages. So. Yeah. I would love to challenge to listen to something like that in Dutch, but maybe I'm alone in that. Uh, you should have joined in a few minutes earlier. The first few minutes we were speaking Dutch. There was one listener. I'm still a bit surprised how that works, that uh, one listener can uh, can join in. So, um, okay, thank you. yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, uh, Evelyn, for, for joining. And um, I, I really think this is a fascinating project. I, I, I really get so enthusiastic what you're working on. I can imagine it must give you a lot of uh, energy. Is this the first startup you've been involved with or have you have you done things like this before no it for me it's uh, i mean you know it, it was a completely new introduction into um yeah working in the private sector and i think it's the best introduction ever as you know um because we used to be colleagues in the distant uh, past we i was working uh, at the dutch ministry of foreign affairs for 20 years, um, so I worked in different parts of the world, in Beijing, in Paris, in Tirana, um, and I also had a, a short stint at uh, the United Nations there in Tirana, in Albania, which was a really great experience. And then I was, you know, working with them, but also working on a project to um, make our embassy network around the world act in a more sustainable way, you know, try to green their operations but also look at you know what they were paying the 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 guards outside the embassy if they were paying them a sustainable uh, living wage you know because that wasn't even the case in some uh, in some countries and then Emiliano the founder of the company I was talking to him and I said ah, you're doing such a great thing and he had just started this company actually like a few months before and he said well I need somebody you know to work on on business development on fundraising because we have a product but now we need a market 
Um, so I said, okay, I'll do it. I, was, I thought it was just a joke, basically. But I, that was four and a half years ago. So, um, you know, I've been working uh, with them ever since. And the company has grown. And, and now we have around 85 of these boxes in 15 different countries around the world. And, um, you know, in Rwanda, we, we cleaned one million liters of water last month. So it's really, um, the impact is growing and it's an amazing company to be involved with. Yeah, these are these are serious num numbers. Because cleaning one million liters of water, that is probably all of that is drinking water. Yeah. Uh, so that is, uh, that that can, can really help a lot, a lot of people. And that is, uh, then a, a million liters is really a lot. I can imagine well, that you yeah. got so enthusiastic for this. Yeah. <laughs> well, a million liters sounds a lot, but you know, there are 2 billion people around the world that lack access to safely managed water. So yeah. it's for the moment, what we're doing, it's a drip in the ocean, but uh, a drop in the ocean, I think the expression is. <laughs> it's a drop. <laughs> but it drips in the ocean. It too. drips in the ocean. But, um, but you know, we, of course, we, we want to, to grow our impact. And these are the people that we have in the back of, back of our minds uh, when, we, when we do this work. Um, yeah. And so it's the people lacking access to water. And there's also 780 million people lacking access to to basic uh, electricity so yeah. you know these very often these are overlapping uh, groups um but yeah. yeah those are the people that we are targeting yeah those those numbers are deeply worrying it's it's absurd that on a planet of eight eight billion people that two billion people don't have proper access to water yeah. which probably every listener to this program takes for granted and uh Still, you have you know rich people flying for fun in space uh, instead of using that money for uh, giving uh, giving water to people, which is just so basic. I see that Joshua has a question. Hi, Joshua. I really wanted to be on this, and I will get up to speed more in depth on this company because it's fascinating to me what you're doing. Um, so, with the two billion dollar market potential. Um, how are you guys currently funded? Uh, sorry, the two billion was the number for uh, market the number potential of people in the I world mean, that don't have access to right. Water. I mean, yeah, right, but right. You're, so, but if they're, they're the spending a dollar a okay. dollar, yeah, yeah. dollar per year on uh, on clean water, then that definitely is our market. Uh, yeah. You're right, Joshua. Um, yeah. So for the moment. Um, uh, when we started, we uh, we raised some money from from business angels, basically uh, with the the TechStars program, the accelerator that we took part in in Boston. Uh, mm -hmm. Some impact investors, um, some um, you know uh, grants as well. We applied for several grants because that 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 is what you need to do at that's at this stage that, that we're at. Um, there, def there, there are several programs focusing uh, on, you know, the provision of energy in markets like the ones that we're operating in in East Africa. So we managed to secure some of those. But we're, like I mentioned, we've also sold our technology to, for example, UNDP, the United Nations Development Program. They had a big rural electrification and and clean water program in Tanzania, and we sold them. Um, or, well, we won a tender selling 12 of our boxes uh, to this program. And that's also uh, uh, a source of revenue for us. 
And of course, we don't just sell the tech and then, you know, go away. We install, we do after-sales service, we train people, we do remote monitoring so we, we can track the performance. We, um, they can call us whenever there's a technical problem and, and that kind of thing. So, that, so those are the different sources um, that we've used so far. But we're, we're looking for to, to raise some additional money to, uh, to grow the company, to hire some more people, to, to increase the sales of, of our standard product. But also this new, um, uh, what we call the off-grid box mini, the miniaturized version. Um, uh, because we we want to uh, to really um, tell the story of this of this new technology that 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 can be very beneficial to many people. What do you see the next round requiring? How much are you looking for? Yeah, we're looking between half and half a million and two million dollars. Um, maybe not in one go so we may just grow to that to that two million dollar um uh, range um in different uh, steps but that's what we're looking at now because there's so many indigenous populations around the con around the world really mm -hmm. right um that are in very hard to reach places especially if there was something smaller uh to get to them because they're not necessarily as large of population centers. Yeah. Also, exactly. they they might they might attack you when you try and get there. Um, <laughs> but um, but that's a good thing from a climate perspective because it seems like you're also very uh, climate centric, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In your no. thinking, right? Okay. Yeah, both in um, our thinking and also where we can operate uh, because it's a very sturdy piece of technology that can withstand uh, difficult climate uh, situations. Um, but yeah, we try to, on the one hand, we try to uh, contribute to reduction in CO2 emissions, but we also cater to populations that are suffering from climate uh, consequences. So, for example, you see in East Africa that many... Uh, boreholes. The water in this bore in these boreholes is is becoming saline, and that's very often related to to droughts and to climate change, etc. So these populations they need to be helped to have access to uh, to to drinking water, to fresh water. So that's where our technology can help. And this is electrolysis, right? I mean, at its simplest form. Like I haven't researched exactly how you're doing it. No, so the 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 normal fresh water, if it's contaminated, we use it's just microfiltration and ultrafiltration in some cases. If it's saline, we use uh, reverse osmosis. Okay. Um, so one thing that I've been bringing up on different programs from a long term for climate change and clean water for agriculture is desalination. Do you have uh, any perspectives on that? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a, a big challenge in many of these coastal uh, communities that they that they face uh, this problem of, of water becoming more and more saline. So that's exactly where we would like to, to help out and then use. So that's what we're trying to do in Somalia, use this technology to to desalinate the water and then it, and also to use it to use the energy for um, for irrigation and to power like equipment, etc. So we try to combine these things with with uh, with one project. Okay, and then the fact that our solar panels are made out of lithium, like you see the long-term externalities of that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we try to be conscious of the whole, let's say, value chain of, of, of our technology mm. and, and, um, mm. and there's definitely things that we need to, to think about. Um, yeah, lithium batteries is what, what we are now also increasingly using instead of lead gel, uh, which was used before. So I think it, you know, with, with all of these components, there's their pros and cons. Um, but yeah, we, we, we try to do it in the, in the most responsible way. That's all I can say. Well, and I really appreciate this. I was excited that you were coming on. I'm more excited to learn more about your company, and I'm sure I may have more questions, but not for today. And uh, 500,000 to 2 million is not that much. So um, uh, good luck in the short term. Uh, I think the long term looks really good for you guys, but I haven't gone in depth on obviously what you're doing yet. Great. Thanks, Joshua. That's great to hear, Joshua, and um, it's uh, it's 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 good to hear these uh, supportive voices. By the way, coming back to what uh, Evelyn was asking on uh, on the on the addresses and the websites, I'll make sure that when let's say about 50 minutes after we end this podcast, that uh, I will get the the right websites and I will just add them to the to the text of um, uh, of of the podcast, and I might add them to. Uh, to my uh, tweets about this as well, so that people can uh, can find it. Uh, so you should have that in uh, soon after uh, uh, after this uh, this broadcast. So um, let me see. We we promised to keep this at about forty five minutes, which which we are now more or less. Uh, so if there's any last questions, please uh, please do it now or be forever silent. And um, uh, any last remarks from you, Bas? Any last thoughts, something you would like to share, um, any, anything? No, thanks. I mean, it's been great to, um, you know, to get all these questions and to, to be on this, uh, this call-in uh, podcast. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm glad to, uh, I mean, we, we, what our big challenge is, is of course, as an as a early stage company, is to, to get some uh, visibility to get our name out there to get to 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 get people to understand what we're doing what we're trying to achieve what the impact is that we uh, that we're trying to have but also what we need in in terms of, of growing um, the company and the, uh, the impact that we're trying to have so uh, yeah I'm very glad that that that, that you invited me and um, I'm sure that this will contribute to that um, uh, desire to be more known around the world. So thanks a lot for that. Okay, perfect. Well, it was great to have you here. Maybe we should someday start a show about uh, life past diplomacy. Uh, guys <laughs> like you and me that, that that leave diplomacy and start to do other things. And uh, the, it could be that there are some kind of trend that we try to do good things for the world. So either to make people aware of the problems, what I'm focusing on, or actually mm. to come with really concrete solutions, as you are doing. Um, and uh, there's there's quite a few more of us, so maybe we should should create yeah. this kind of the, the lost club. tribe of the of the <laughs> former diplomats. <laughs> well, so uh, and thanks also very much to the audience and uh, for Evelyn and Josh who were who were asking questions and for all of you, you all of you uh, taking time here. Also, thanks for the people that are going to listen to this once we have published the podcast, which is normally about fifteen minutes after we have ended. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Uh, we have a lot of regular listeners nowadays on uh, the Thursday podcast at three o'clock. 
Eastern time, which is nine o'clock in most of uh, nine o'clock in the evening for most uh, most of the European listeners, where uh, which is regular podcast with uh, Alistair Doyle um, on the bigger uh, issues that we are facing on this planet. We don't know yet really what we will be talking about this week. I still have to connect with him on what will come up, but there's so much going on. Uh, with energy prices, uh, with climate change, with water and food issues, etc., that uh, we will have no uh, shortage of topics to talk about. So please join us uh, tomorrow as well. And also, if you haven't done that yet, uh, please follow me and follow uh, both of my shows, The Planet as well as uh, The News. Don't ask me why I have two of them instead of one. I still have to work out for myself what was a good reason to make two of them because I'm splitting my audience. Um, and also uh, tell friends and family about this because what I notice is that uh, the audience uh, and the number of listeners on call-in is mostly just growing because people tell each other about it. That seems to be the most efficient way uh, to get new listeners. So please, if, if all of you would just tell to three people, um, uh, join, call in, and uh, and and then the uh, first thing you should do is uh, listen to those uh, amazing podcasts that are called The Planet and the News, then I would be really, really grateful. So now I've spoken way too long to end the show. Uh, thanks so much, guys, and I hope to see and hear you all tomorrow again. Bye-bye.